Beamer.com. This is former football coach at the James Lake, Frank Beamer, and you're listening to Crunch Time. Believe with all your heart. Believe in yourself. Believe in each other. And believe that in four quarters, we're going to walk in this locker room, we're going to break the music up, and we're going to dance. Studios of WPLY in the middle of Central and Southwest Virginia. This is Crunch Time, your go-to program for area high school football and beyond. Now, your host and Crunch creator, Carl York. Welcome to the weekend, high school football fans. It's Crunch Time, baby! Everybody's mocking me in here when I do my... <laughs> we don't mock. <laughs> you know we're getting towards the end when everybody's like, you know, looking at you that way, but... Uh... Hey, we're good. we're glad to be here. I, I tell you, um, uh, you're listening to Crunch Time, your weekly area high school football radio show for Central and Southwest Virginia. Today is our last show. I hate that, but all good things come to an end. The season's over. Um, you know, we're wrapping up uh, high school football today. Those guys have already turned in their pads and handed their helmets in, and the seniors are thinking about what's next, and uh, the young guys are thinking about, you know. Uh, getting ready for next year and starting to lift and all that stuff. But um, but we, we've had a great season. We really appreciate it. We, you know, uh, we, we couldn't do it without you guys, our fine listeners, and, and our great advertisers. We really appreciate everybody that's made this happen. Um, but let's do a, what I want to do is a quick recap. Okay. Um, you know, we, uh, we had state championships last weekend, um, and it was after our show. We did a pre, pre-game show, and... Um, you know, we had one crunch team left, Lord yeah. Botetourt, and unfortunately for the for the Cavs, it wasn't their day. Nope. Uh, they ended up 14 and one, went into that undefeated, 14 and 0, but ended up 14 one, lost to a really talented Hopewell team, uh, 35 to seven. Yeah. Uh, so it's just one of those days. You know, nothing went the Cavs' way. Five turnovers, uh, a bunch of penalties, a bunch of you know penalty yards. Um, that really uh, set them back, and they just couldn't seem to get going. And, and Hopewell's a great team. Hope, take, they are. Take nothing away from Hopewell. They yeah. uh, they played well. Uh, they showed up. Uh, Trey Henderson, the running back, their all-world running back, was everything that uh, that uh, everybody said he was. Uh, very quick, um, physical, um, and 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 they did what they needed to do to win. But I, I swear, you know, when I saw them, it looked like they were on defense. It looked like they were playing nine linebackers. Yeah. I mean, when you yeah, got nine kids. Good. In between, you know, 180 and 220 pounds, can run like a deer. They're all six foot to six two, six three. They're physical. Yep. That's a pretty good lineup. It is. I mean, that's a small college lineup in a lot of ways. It really it? is. Yeah, and they're they're just such a good team. Yeah. And, and you know, they they have that swagger about them. But there's, you know, look, Lord Botetourt needs to be commended. Absolutely. Hunter Rice on penalties, left 100 yards on that field. And, and he had 100 and what, 80 180-something. It would have been 280 he would have ran in this game. Things happen. The turnovers, there was five turnovers, but was it three fumbles, two interceptions? It, it just, it, everything was working against Lord Modest. Yeah. And sometimes that just happens. And we knew the game plan. We knew it was going to be Henderson. We knew it was going to be Rice. We watched the game plan unfold. At the end of the day, in my opinion, Rice was a little better. But because of the circumstances and because of the penalties and because of the turnovers, it just worked against him. Yeah. 
Yeah, so good season, though, by Lord Botetourt. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I tell you, the one thing we don't want to miss is the Botetourt defense played outstanding. Sure. I mean, yeah. everything going against them in the first half, they were only down 14 to nothing at the half. And, you know, Botetourt held, after a turnover, Botetourt held Hopewell on the one-yard line right okay. at the end of the half. And maybe the best hit of the day for Botetourt, Hunter Rice stepped into the hole. They gave the ball to Trey Henderson. Hopewell gave yeah. it to Henderson. The, the all-world running back came through the middle, and Rice met him in the middle, and, and it was a collision, uh, and, and Henderson fumbled the ball. Sure. Botetot got it. Uh, for me, for Botetot, that was sort of, uh, even though they lost the game, that was sort of sending a message that, uh, hey, you're not going to walk through us. Well, and let's not forget, these two young men are juniors. Mm. So we may see this matchup again next year. Yes. So that's the, you know, that's what you've got to look at is that this, you know, rivalry, and let's call it a rivalry now, because they keep showing up meeting each other. So this may be that game next year that we put the pin in and say, hey, they're heading toward each other again. Right. So Henderson and Rice, you may see it again next year. Well, and the difference is Botetourt's got a lot of guys coming back. Hopewell's losing a lot of guys. Exactly. Well, they're losing a lot of guys, but you're keeping the one. You're keeping the man. You're keeping the one that has 54 touchdowns in a season. Absolutely. You know, exactly. Absolutely. All right, let's set the studio uh, here today uh, with me. I got uh, to my north, I got Coach Randy Lefwich, uh, the wizard behind the, uh, certainly behind the uh, curtain that, that uh, presses all the button, pulls all the levers. Uh, we really appreciate that. Um, we hope, uh, Coach, uh, or we hope that uh, Doug Dowdy's going to join us here soon. He's on his way. Uh, we want to talk some uh, uh, some high school football recruiting. Yeah, and you know that's the thing. We like you. We were talking about the Henderson kid. Yeah, you want to talk about a kid that's getting recruited? Oh my gosh! You know he is. Oh, absolutely. And I think right now they're saying what? Maybe Clemson. Oh, I mean they're talking. Everybody's looking at him. I right. mean everybody across the country. You know he's a talent when he's and he can fly. I don't sure. know what, what his forty is, but he can fly. Yeah. I mean he's like a deer running through the that's running through it. the field in there and. So, all right, we got the Hall of Famer coming in now. Yeah, that's that's outstanding. I appreciate that so much, uh, uh, Doug Dowdy. Uh, you know the certainly uh, we want his voice on this show. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, recruiting, and we're glad to have him. We appreciate uh, the Hall of Famer joining us. And and then to my right, we got uh, you guessed it, Mr. B. Uncommon Jimmy Whitaker, the keeper of CrunchMVP.com for great high school sports photos in Roanoke, Lynchburg, and the New River Valley. CrunchMVP.com. Uh, good morning, everybody. Okay, so for, for normal, let's let's uh, circle the campfire here. We're gonna uh, talk a little bit about uh, just a few comments, maybe about uh, the Lord Botetourt Hopewell game and any of the other state finals. Again, we do this every week. We just want uh, everybody's top of mind. You know what you thought about that last weekend and and uh, what stood out to you. Uh, but first, Jimmy, can you give us the scores of the state championship games? Sure can, Carl. So here we go. Starting with Division 6, uh, South County, 14, Oscar Smith, 13. Division 5, Mari, 28, Stonebridge, 21. Division 4, Lake Taylor, 34, Tuscarora, 14. <laughs> Division 3, Hopewell 35, Lord Botetot 7. Division 2, Appomattox 42, Stewart's Draft 21. And Division 1, Rivers Heads 31, Galax 24. Riverheads, are you kidding me? That, those guys, I mean, they just, they're owning that Division 1. I mean, they just, uh, they're a machine down there. 
beat a really good Galax team, and, and actually it was pretty close. I think they held Galax on the one-inch line yeah. right there uh, towards the end of the game and held them for three downs and didn't let them in. But this is what we expected. I think everybody left out of here last week going Rivers hits. Right. That's, you know, this is the team. They just, you hate to say it, they're a little bit just above the rest of the, you know, high well, school. people up there don't hate to say it. No, they love it, <laughs> you know, but they, but they are. They're just a little bit more talented than most of the teams around that area. Yeah. So clearly Riverheads was set up. I think they're really close, too, to being a, a Class 2 team. I think they're yes. one of those teams that's you got big it. on the class that they're in. So right. that's a little bit of an advantage. You're going to have some of that in high school football. But, uh, all right, Coach, uh, let's start with you. So what what uh, what happened to Botetot in the finals? What, what do you... What do you think? Uh, Again, I, look, Jamie Harless had his game plan. And this was one of these things that we've talked about all year. You've got to watch where Lord Botetot's concerned because sometimes they start a little slow. Right. And with things happening, these penalties happening and these turnovers happening, they got in a hole quick. And it was, what, 28 nothing before you knew it. Oh, yeah. And so you, once you get into that hole, and we talked about it all year. We were like, how do you beat Lord Botetot? And it was all about just coming out and, you know, what's the old Mike Tyson saying? Everybody's got a game plan until you get punched in the mouth. That's right. They got hit early. And things started happening. And, again, we knew the game plan. We knew it was going to be Henderson. We knew it was going to be Rice. You were going to see these kids all day long. And they got fed the ball all day long. True. The penalties took away over 100 yards from Rice. That, that just destroyed them. Right. That killed them. Then you have three turnovers on fumbles, and then you have two interceptions. You just can't come back from well, that. Well, and the biggest fumble was, you know, it was 14 to nothing at halftime. Right. Botetot held them, got the ball back, yeah. and they drove it down and got to about the 10-yard line and then turned the ball over. Correct. So, you know, that could have been a 14-7 game. Then we would have seen, you know, uh, Hopewell under some direct. Yeah, different circumstances. Different circumstances. That didn't happen. Hopewell kept it going and kept scoring. So, Well, let me, let me ask. We've got Doug here. And Doug, the Henderson kid out of Hopewell, this is a young man who's not in this recruiting class. He'll be in next year's recruiting class. Is he the best player in the state heading into next year? Wow. Uh, I don't have my list in front of me. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's that well known. Uh, I'm really? trying to Okay, because this kid had like 54 touchdowns. He's a Gatorade All-American. and for Virginia, I, yeah. Virginia, and I think they said, what, he's the number one junior in the state? Well, Malik Newton also from Lake Taylor, yeah. uh, who we saw the same day, is a, is a stud. He's a, so he's another running back that's, that's uh, you know, high on every and, and the reason I'm saying he's high on every list because the people that are looking at him or that we hear are looking at him are the Clemsons and the Alabamas and right. the Ohio States and Penn States. Those guys are all taking interest in these two kids. Sure. Do you, do you think, though, Doug, we could keep somebody like this in the state? Well, you've heard me, how many times have you just heard me say that, you know, that, that Virginia Tech and Virginia are not keeping, have not done a good job of keeping pe of right. top prospects in the state, and the reason I, I for me, is that they, uh, that both staffs, I guess this is the fourth year for both of them, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. they both brought, filled their staff with coaches from their previous job, Fuente at Memphis and, and Bronco at BYU. Right. And they come 
come to Virginia, and they don't have any ties to the state of Virginia. Nobody on either staff basically has ever recruited the state of Virginia. And, uh, you know, they're, they're taking care of their, their, their own. And, you know, I, looking at it from the other side, if I'm a coach and the team's been successful and my coach gets a better job, uh, you want to go with him unless you get hired to succeed right. him, unless you're, you're given the head job. So, I mean, I guess it's a fact of life in, in recruiting, but, you know, I, I look back and it, I had an interesting conversation last night with uh, Brian Steinspring. Yeah. And we've gone over this where Stein, Steinspring uh, uh, was, not was not retained by Fuente. Okay. Uh, Went to JMU. Uh, forgot exactly what happened. Uh, uh, their their job came open. They hired the guy from uh, down in, in Carolina, and so Steinspring goes to Maryland. And now he goes to ODU, and there's one of the guy, best guys ever to recruit the state of Virginia. Yeah. And Old Dominion doesn't keep him because the Old Dominion coach he's going to bring his. Well, he's not bringing the guys from Penn State, but he's bringing his people. Yeah. I just don't think these coaches, when they when they get these jobs, give thought to you know, the recruiting. Yeah. And uh, that's odd. I mean, that's the lifeblood of the, of yeah. the job. You, you know, gotta, you're the guy, the new ODU coach, guy named Ricky Rainey, who I'd never heard of from Penn State, offensive coordinator, I guess. And... I saw on this one website, Football Scoop, that he was going to keep Brian Steinspring. And uh, so about a week later, I come to find out, I, I go and look look on the, I hear that they're not keeping him. You go and look on the Old Dominion website, he's still up there. How how lousy is that? Right. You put, put him on your website, some people think he's not available, and the poor guy has no job. Oh. Now, we know that with Hunter Rice, Hunter Rice is being recruited by Virginia. Yeah. Now, is this, do you think this stays, Doug, or do you think Hunter Rice opens it up a little more to maybe go somewhere else? Well, I think, I think UVA is something of a, UVA, um, Lord Botot is something of a UVA school right now. Uh, one of the reasons is the, the uh, principal at, uh, at, uh, Lord Bottad has a son who goes there who's on the team, Jake DeWeese. Yeah, okay. And, uh, you know, I think that they've got in on these Lord Bottad kids early. But I, st I still don't. You know, what's one of the more interesting tales is right across the street over here, Zay Baines yeah. from, from North Cross, offered by Virginia, ends up signing with Temple. And you wonder, how does that happen? Why would Zay Baines whose mentor is Shannon Taylor, who played at Virginia, is a coach at North Cross. What is he doing going to Temple when he's been offered by Virginia? Well, what happens is these schools offer these kids really early. And if, if you're Zay Baines and Virginia offers you and you don't tell them I'm in the next two or three days or next two or three weeks that you've decided, they bail on you. And that's... You know, I think Zay Baines could play for anybody. Well, I think yeah, he's there are a lot of people out there who say, oh, it's North Cross. You know, it's a different level. Have you seen the video of the guy? Did you see the guy like do a... Uh, uh, yeah, he does a cartwheel. I mean, he does a somersault. Somersault after, after the... I mean, he's, 
He's a great basketball player. Hey, if you if you follow Virginia, you wonder what happened there. And that's a matter of they offered they offer a ton of kids, and if you don't if you don't commit him right away, they move on. And I don't know why they wouldn't have continued to recruit him. I just you know I, Virginia's UVA's had the best class that they've had under Bronco. Primarily because they got that Mormon kid from Colorado, right. but uh, you know I still don't think that the Virginia and the Virginia staff, tech staffs, have really have any clue about recruiting the state of Virginia. Yeah, you know it's uh, you, know, you make a great point, and I, I share that point. I, I I also think it's a PR thing. You know, if you're going to take a gamble on kids, and there are gambles, you don't know how they're going to develop. You you think they're Gonna, their frame's going to fill out. You know they've got speed. You, you know they have some skills. But it is a gamble. If you're going to gamble, why not gamble with local kids that are of the same ability, same talent? Because you galvanize the whole communities. They want to watch their kids that they watch play in high school perform at the college level. I, I just don't understand that they don't they don't kind of follow that level. All right, we got to jump in. Let, let's go to Jimmy real quick. Um, Jimmy, you were at the Botetourt game. Uh, what what did you what did you see? Yeah, just real quickly, the thing that stuck out to me was, you know, I heard you all this whole season talk about Trey Henderson, and you know, you hear about him and you <laughs> hear things and you think, wow, yeah. that's pretty good. But then I saw Trey Henderson get past Lord Botetourt's first line, and he was gone. Yeah. And I mean, it it I just couldn't get over how fast he was. Um, I couldn't get over the size of his calves. I know that may sound weird, but taking photos, it's weird to see how big his calves were. But he had such speed. And the other thing I really liked, Carl, was in the uh, after, when they did the interviews after the game, yeah. how humble a, a, a young man he was. And he made reference to the fact that, um, you know, he, he took quite a lick uh, from Rice. So, yeah. And, you know, which was nice. Well, who was it that said when it was all said and done, he was the first one was it you, Carl, that said that he was the first one out there shaking hands? He was. He with was the other kids. He didn't want to celebrate. He didn't want to be the guy saying, hey, we just beat you. He wanted to go over, shake hands, and say, hey, guys, thank you for a good game. So He's a good kid. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of yeah. kids like to get to the end of the line and kind of, you know, sulk a little bit. He, I think if they would have gotten beat, he still would have been the first one. Sure. Yeah, um, and he, they really respected Botetourt, and you, you could tell in the post-game interviews that they felt like they'd climbed a mountain, beaten Botetourt, but um, but they beat them. I mean, they they really did what they needed to do, and and you know some of that's coaching. Uh, the only thing I want to say about the games that we watched in Lynchburg, there were four junior running backs featured, which I thought was really interesting. Okay, and you know we talked about Trey Henderson with Hopewell, Malik Newton made a couple one-handed catches. One was an interception. One was a, I mean, and he's a big man out there. Yeah. Uh, everybody's looking at him as well for uh, Lake Taylor. And he, I mean, he is going to make some noise somewhere. And he certainly made it uh, during the state championship game. Carl, I'll say real quick, uh, I had an angle with my camera where Malik Newton uh, hurdled an, uh, a player from Tuscarora. And I've got the series where he's hurdling him. And it was, it was extremely impressive to see a kid that size. Uh, jump that high right. and then maintain his balance and keep moving. So it was a, it was something else. Awesome. So we you know we have the athletes and then Hunter Rice we've talked about as a junior at Botetourt and then this Bryce Duke who really got shut out. Uh, they really didn't use you know Tuscarora didn't use him at all, but he's the one that killed Salem the week before. Okay. Uh, he's a junior, good speed, but uh, 
again, Lake Taylor kind of figured him out early on and kind of took him out of the game. But uh, right. all right, we got to keep the show moving, Coach. What's going on? What's been going on over at Canales? Well, our number one seller right now, the Jimmy Fries. Oh, are you kidding and no, me? Number one seller right now. Everybody's loving the fresh cut fries. You come on in. We literally take a potato, take it in the back. We we pick the potato out of the box in front of you. Take it in the back. We cut it, put it in the fryer. We fry them up for you. Those are your Jimmy Fries. I thought Jimmy Fries were an urban legend. I no, thought no, 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 no. It's, no, no. it's real. Is they're real? And Jimmy has uh, put his name up on the board. Yeah. <laughs> He's got the Jimmy Fries listed. But no, hey, come on by and see us every day. You know we're there except for Mondays. And uh, holiday schedule's coming up, so you know, bear. We'll put that on Facebook. The holiday schedule. But no, come on in. Ham, turkey, wings. We've got everything taken care of, and, and the barbecue. So get you some barbecue, Jimmy Fries. Come on over, and uh, we'll be happy to take care of you. Yeah, Coach, I'll add to it that I uh, took my youngest son, Garrett, in. Of course, I twisted his arm, and I said, Garrett, when you get in there, you got to make sure and say, I want Jimmy Fries. And he said, well, Dad, why is that? And I said, we got to get this, you know, rumor really kicking. So, <laughs> so Garrett ordered the Jimmy Fries. And a gentleman came in after and said, what are these Jimmy Fries? So See? he ordered them. So yeah. it's catching on, even though I started the rumor. There we go. That's it. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Fries are out there. But now what's going on down at the Dogwood? A little confession from Jimmy. The Dogwood's uh, rocking and rolling. I just saw Keith Poff the other night, and uh, he's doing great. I saw Jamie, uh, who, who manages over there as well. Uh, good people, making great food. Brandy and Jessica are sweethearts in there. Again, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, it's like cheers. You go in and everybody knows your name. That's it. Uh, they're all friends. The food's fantastic. Uh, I always like to say it feels like mom's in the back. Back there. I keep waiting for her to walk around the corner. Right. That's how good the food is. Gotcha. And I know Jimmy was there, uh, you know, this past week. And, you know, we can't keep Jimmy out of there. No. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think he's single-handedly uh, take, taking everybody in the valley into, yeah. the, into there. But uh, it's just a, I tell you what, it's just a, uh, the, if you haven't been, you got to go. That's it. And uh, you better go early because the seat, there's not a ton of seating. I mean, you know, there's people in there, uh, you know, waiting to, to sit down and eat. And uh, that tells you it's good. Yeah. Eat and carry out. Eat and, uh, that's, right. <laughs> that's what you do. All right. I've been looking forward to today's show. I, you know, as, as I said, and, and you've heard him a little bit already, Hall of Famer Doug Dowdy's in here with us. Uh, Doug, who works the UVA beat for, for sports uh, for uh, Roanoke Times and, and, he keeps up with uh, all the recruiting. Also, very knowledgeable on Virginia Tech and, and all things Virginia. I love to hear him on Greg Roberts and, uh, you know, just a wealth of knowledge. We're really pleased and happy that he's joined us today. We're going to talk a little bit about some recruits later on. Um, and, uh, you know, we, I've got a couple post-game or post-week, post-after the game during the week. Uh, I talked to Coach Harless a little bit, posed a couple questions that people have asked. You know, okay. he's going to talk a little bit about transfers. There you you know, there's a lot of sure. transfers in the Roanoke Valley at high school moving around, and, and he's got something to say about that, so that'll be good. We've got an excerpt uh, from Frank Beamer talking about his days, uh, you know, as a player, a uh, little bit of high school, a little bit of college, a little bit of coaching. Uh, love that. Don't miss our Jimmy Thing segment. That's coming up. Uh, and then, you know, we're going to we're go to the five things you need to know about uh, high school football this week. It's only one uh, thing. <laughs> it's over next year. That's, that's right. It. That's it's right. Over. One thing, it's over. And then Coach is going to make me uh, recap the grade 8 uh, debate. I was going to skip that, too, but he wants a, a final call there, so we're going to do that. All right, so when we get back, we're going to talk about uh, – we're going to hear from Coach Harlison. We're going to talk a little bit of high school football signings. So uh, you're listening to Crunch Time. Stay with us. 
Hey, Roanoke, tis the season to get a great deal on a newer used Toyota. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Toyota-thon. Toyota's biggest sale event of the year is in full swing, and the deals couldn't be better. Every new and used vehicle will be on sale for this event, including their great selection of local trades and Toyota-certified used vehicles. Toyota-thon only comes once a year, and it won't last long. Now's the time, and Haley is the place. From our family to yours, we'd like to wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And remember, Haley has it for less. Looking to buy something for that hard-to-please sports fan in your family? Well, come to Sports Haven. You'll find something from all 32 NFL teams, and regardless if you're a Hokie, Wahoo, or Mountaineer, we have something for you. So if you're looking to update your ladies' den or man cave, then come see Robin and Shane at Sports Haven. Come by and visit one of our two locations in Roanoke at the corner of Plantation and Williamson Road and at 4 East Main Street in Salem. Sports Haven, where almost no team is left behind. It's 3 p.m. For 50 million kids across America, school's out. And for a third of these kids, they're out on their own. Out with nothing to do and nowhere to go. Gives a whole new meaning to the 3 o'clock bell, doesn't it? It's time to support the boys and girls clubs. Visit greatfutures.org. Ready to eat? Easy to heat. Custard Stand Hot Dog Chili uses 100% ground beef and a century-old family recipe with a secret blend of spices and quality ingredients. But it's not just for hot dogs. You can beef up almost any dish. Add it to fries, nachos, baked potatoes, and so much more. Custard Stand Chili is available at Kroger, Walmart, Sam's Clubs, or smaller grocery chains throughout. You also can order it online at custardstand.com. Get yours today. One chili, endless possibilities. The NFL Barber Twins for Pittman Construction. A Ronde, football players know a lot about building. To be at the top of our game, we build on our knowledge and skill every day. And our former Cavalier teammate, Walt Deary at Pittman Construction, knows a lot about building, too. So call Walt for your construction projects, whether you're remodeling or building from the ground up. Pittman Construction will go the extra yard just for you. Call Walt or his dad, Bud Deary, at Pittman Construction at 427-2001. That's Pittman Construction at 427-2001. All right, welcome back to Crunch Time, everybody. We've had a great conversation just in the break here. I know. <laughs> um, all right, we're gonna. I want to uh, play a couple excerpts from Coach Harless, uh, which I think is uh, really, uh, really good. So let, let's listen to to Coach Harless here. Uh, first of all, you're just talking about the state championship game, tough loss certainly because it was the last game of the season, but you had a great season. Don't want to discount that. I mean, that was fantastic uh, how far you guys went. I know you're proud of those guys. Um, and, and, you know, so after a great season like that, you know, that ends in a tough game, how hard is it to, to recoup and, and, and get started back down that path again? Oh, I don't know. You get slapped in the face and get motivated pretty quick. So, I don't know. I, I'm ready to go. Uh, I woke up Sunday morning. I told myself I was going to think about football, but, you know, I think I lied to myself. <laughs> the first thing I started thinking about, I started doing roster studies. I started looking at all the teams in our region. Then I moved over to Region C, started studying their rosters. And then I started studying rosters from Region A, Region B. And, you know, then I started looking early season opponents' rosters. You lie to yourself and you say you're going to step away from it for a little while, but, you know, I... I'm a little bit addicted to it. Yeah, I guess once you once you get it in your blood, it's hard to you can't just turn it off necessarily. No, no, and I just you know, and it's uh, uh, not only that, but 
you know, just sitting down and really looking at the kids that are returning next year and starting to sketch out some ideas for what we got to do to get these kids, you know, all the kids returning on our roster, uh, what we got to do to help them reach their full potential, trying to look at individual goals for every kid. Uh, you know, it's, it's, to be honest with you, it's really no different than what a teacher in the classroom does. Down at the end of the semester, they do their testing, they see where their weaknesses were. You know, they look at the, the subject matter, comes back up again the next fall, and you're looking at different ways to teach it better, to try to drive it home, get them all to a highly proficient level. One of the things you and I talked about a little bit, uh, and, and quite honestly is being talked around the area, is, you know, the transfers, the kids that, uh, for whatever reason, their parents move in, or the or the kids really want to come and play for you, and uh, and and you know, I know you didn't bring it up, but I'll bring it up. Um, you know, you've had some really good good success uh, helping kids get to the next level, get to go play college football. Uh, at, at all different levels, and I'm sure that's part of the appeal, but, um, you know, that's one of the things that people wonder a lot about, you know, the, the whole transfer, how kids, you know, come and show up, and, and uh, you know, you don't have a lot of control over that sometimes. You know, one thing I'm going to tell you about Bonnetot County is that if you're not going to play football or any other sport in Bonnetot County, they're going to they're going to do their due diligence, right? And they're going to make sure that you're you're legal and you're right. And you know, everybody makes accusations about things. Lord knows, I, I've dealt with a lot of accusations this year, but you know, accusations are what they are. It's kind of like those cowards that hide behind their social media and their computer screens. They don't really know. Nobody knows the real story behind why a family moves. You know, and to be frankly honest, it's none of my business why somebody moves. People move for jobs. They move for a bunch of different reasons. People accuse folks of recruiting. And I look at Botetourt County. I've, I've, I've brought my kids out to Botetourt. They were in front of county schools. My reason behind that is great school system. Highly, highly, highly effective teachers. Uh, wonderful environment, you know, like I guess you could say recruit, you know, my, my words to people would be uh, the, the attraction. I had a great conversation with a guy one time who was telling me about one year Coach White over to Salem, they had a ton of kids transfer in over there from uh, some schools over nearby. You know, I don't know, maybe maybe people like the, maybe people like that all shut to country boy charm, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I provide in ways of attraction other than just being straightforward, honest, that if your kid lives in Bonnetot County and plays football for us, we're going to do everything within our power to help that kid reach his full potential. And to be honest, though, don't most all schools have kids move in. I mean, everybody seems like uh, every year in Lynchburg, Roanoke, and New River Valley where we where we cover with Crunch, it seems like there's always at least a few kids that move into every school district every year. Oh, sure, sure. We had, you know, kid move out to uh, was an all-region lineman at 4A at a local school. We had a kid move out who was an all-state running back last year. You know, I, I don't know why they're moving. I don't know what's going on with their family, but i tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm, I'm not going to create a negative situation around a kid. 
in the end brought educators. It's, it's, it's my opportunity to pay back what the game of football has given me, the opportunities that it's given me to move forward in my life and provide opportunities for my family. It's my avenue to help kids. You know, I look, I'm, I'm not going to lie, hey, I grew up on a farm. My dad was a farmer and he was pretty daggone good at it. And, I never really took to that. I didn't really want to do it. Uh, but the principles that he used and what he did, uh, he, he would have been a hell of a coach because of the way that he did things and the care that he took. I mean, to, to, you know, here you talk about, uh, you know, your dad and, and uh, uh, your parents and how you, you drew from them, and, and, and now you're applying that in what you're doing. So. Well, my, my mom was the, she, she's the toughest one of all. You know, my dad passed. <laughs> several years ago, but she, she was the iron fist in the middle of all of it. One truly wonderful, wonderful lady. I tell you, I love uh, hearing the coaches talk about uh, how they were raised and, you know, certainly, uh, you know, their parents and how that affects them even today and their coaching styles and stuff. But I thought that was really interesting, Coach Harless, talking about transfers. There's been a lot of talk around the Valley, and really, right. you know, there's always kids that transfer in and out, and... Uh, you know, sometimes when a lot of kids go one place, everybody's like, "What's going on?" Uh, but you know, he didn't he didn't shy away from that and and kind of shared his philosophy. And well, you know, sometimes it's like a pinball machine here in the valley. Yeah. You know, one year a kid is playing at Patrick Henry, the next year he's at Plymouth. Right. Well, that's what happens when parents move, and you're on one side of town one year, and you're on the other side of town the next year. You, you know, you're at different schools. Then all of a sudden, a kid from Fleming will end up over at Northside. Right. And this was, you know, this was something that I heard a lot about this year, especially with Lord Bonnetot. And I've had a lot of people tell me, you know, the reason Lord Bonnetot's as good as they are is because of all the transfer kids that Jamie Harless gets. Look, just because you get a kid doesn't mean that kid's going to come in and change your program. That's the key thing. He's got to come in and fit into that True. program. And Jamie Harless has a way of just, you know, bringing the best out of these kids. And we see it a lot of times, you know, again, with P.H. and Fleming and Northside. Just because that kid comes in doesn't mean he's going to be the superstar of that team. You think it's that country boy charm? I think it is. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, appreciate Coach Harless taking some time and and talking with us. I want to ask, we got Doug here today, uh, Doug Dowdy, uh, Hall of Famer, who does a lot around uh, certainly UVA and recruiting. And I just want to ask Doug real quick. you know, I've got a list I'm going to go through after him, but I, I want Doug to tell us uh, what he thought of uh, UVA and Virginia Tech. They're recruiting. It seems like they're down a little bit. Well, I, I think the last I uh, looked on uh, the websites, uh, Rivals.com and the other, that they had Virginia Tech and Virginia were like 11th and 14th among ACC schools. Oh, wow. And uh, they're in the 50s. No, I, I take that back. I, they may have drop below the 50s in the country for recruiting and uh you know uh it's interesting virginia got got a kid overnight from who's a i don't know did you see uh they got a, a kid from louisiana who played on the same basketball team as the kid from louis uh baton rouge uh high the, the high school down there but that uh who he's going to virginia okay the, the basketball player reese beekman has been committed for six months or so, and they, they got some guy off his his uh, uh, basketball team who uh, has been playing football for one year, huh. and then they got uh, they got a, a a real odd mixture of players, and I guess maybe the, the 
when we talked to this on Greg's show the other day, probably the name player in the group is this Andrew Gentry, who's the number one prospect in Colorado. He's an offensive lineman, and he's also Mormon. Huh. And, uh, you know, you, you think there aren't many schools in the country, other than BYU, what other Mormon schools are there for Mormons to go to? True. Well, at Virginia, you've got a whole six, probably six coaches down at Virginia who are Mormon. So, uh, you know, I think that's probably the, the prize of their class. But, uh, yeah, I don't think it happens. If And, and, and it's funny because... When Bronco first went there and they recruited poorly, I'm, I'm telling people, you know, all he's ever recruited is Mormon kids. And there aren't, you know, there aren't many Mormons in Virginia. Well, four years in, he finally got, you know, got, got paid back with, uh, you know, maybe the best Mormon player in the country. Yeah. But uh, you're not, you're not got to sustain a program uh, hoping to get a, more, a, a really good, the best Mormon player every Fourth year or whatever. Well, not with uh, you know some of the Utah out there and some of the the folks, the BYU and you know some of those right. teams out west. Yeah, and the, and the kid went to Columbine High School, so right. Wow. That jumps out at you right away. Yeah. And, you know, everybody has unfortunately heard of Columbine, but that's right. But uh, you know, they're they're recruiting they're recruiting classes in the fifties. You wonder if they hadn't gotten this guy where they would have been. They'd been in the sixties. I think they got what one, maybe two in-state players, and they got five players from Louisiana. It's it, it's mind-boggling. It's really odd. I mean, and, I, and neither Tech nor Virginia has any kind of foothold in the state of Virginia in recruiting. And you would think over time maybe one would outdistance the other, and in-state recruiting hadn't happened. Both staffs have been pitiful in recruiting the state. Now the one young kid, Gentry, that you were talking about, Doug. Will he go and serve mission for two years? Yeah, that's what Bronco said, that he's planning to go on that mission for two years. Okay. So, uh, so that's you the other part of yeah. you know, the, the Mormon kids. Yeah, you know, so you won't see gone. this kid for two years. Well, I, a lot of kids like that, you know, a lot of kids come in or redshirt at the school. Yeah. But right. I don't even think there's as much redshirting anymore as there used to be. I think, no. you know, if you're not playing the first or second year, you know, a transfer portal yeah, opens yeah. up. I mean, yeah. a lot you of people transfer. It's really interesting. All right, let me let me read through some of the, you know, the crunch teams in Lynchburg, Roanoke, and New River Valley, the ones that I've talked to the coaches about, kids that, now, some of these kids have decided and committed. Others are out there. They're still looking. And this is Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. These kids just want to play football at the next level. Starting with Jefferson Forest, Keenan Cupid, uh, the big running it's back. It's funny there. you should mention that because I was thinking about Keenan Cupid. Okay. Going to UCF Central Florida. Yes, that's a FBS school, and uh, you know he's he's among the top recruits in the state. I mean, probably the top recruit west of the you know the dividing line. Selfishly, I would have loved to have seen him a who or or a who. Yeah, I mean, or you know at Liberty or you know whatever. I mean, uh, the big schools in Virginia would have been great to be able to watch Keenan Cupid, you know, right. here locally. But no I don't have any indication that either school looked at him, or maybe it was like the Zay Bain situation. Maybe um, we're going to offer you to come to our program, and then if you don't, if you don't commit right away, they never the kid never hears from him yeah. again. Uh, also, Aubrey Franklin, Dyson Yule, Jacob Hackworth, uh, Braden Klozinski, Zach Woods, and and Lucas uh, Bosiger. 
at Jefferson Forest Bird. I'm going to go through these quick. Trevor Thompson, Logan Baker, Eli West are all young men that want to play at some point at the next level. Franklin County, Will Hairston, you know, could be at, could end up at Ferrum or Averett. Tyshawn Tysh, Ziegler, um, you know, is a student going going to JMU as a student may walk on. You got Parker Scott and Brian Cromwell. Uh, those two are going to Virginia Tech, may try to walk on as well. The coach tells me Lucas Spencer's probably going to end up at Ferrum. Jacob Stockton and Evan Switzer are players at Franklin County that could play at the next level. Lord Botetot, we talked about a little bit. Gage Basham's uh, signed with Liberty. Isaiah Stevens is going to Coastal Carolina. Correct. And uh, that's, I guess that's the FCS. Yes. Yeah. And then Evan Eller, who got hurt yes. uh, for Botetot, he's going to play somewhere, FBS or FCS. Uh, not not sure where yet. You know, he's working on rehabbing that knee. Cam Moss is going to play Division II from Botetot. Radford, uh, I know uh, Doug's talked about this kid a bunch. Uh, ben Cox signed with Vanderbilt. Correct. Uh, big, big lineman. Uh, he's yeah, he's on our. He's going to be on the top 25. He's uh, 24th or somewhere in there, and that may be higher than he's rated nationally. But you know, it's it's you know it's uh, you you look at a kid like Cox and you wonder what the people are out there thinking. Right. That not more people weren't involved with him, and uh, you know, great really in great great academics and whatever yeah. and uh you know it's like i remember um i'm, I'm reminded of grant johnson last year the quarterback at uh blacksburg blacksburg I, he was our player of the year and he got no looks yeah and you just wonder what these people are doing there's got to be I, I saw him play and and uh who's a kid who from cave spring who went who's signed with the uh, uh, jmu that went to he went to liberty uh Oh, uh, you, you're, talking, you're talking about the quarterback Yeah, the quarter, so well? Yeah, no, uh, Woodrum, Josh Woodrum. Yes. Yeah. He could have played. He passed for 10,000 yards at, at Liberty, and none of these ACC schools recruited him. And it's mm. like, hello, what, what are you people doing out there? The right. guy has had multiple NFL tryouts and, and probably would be a, a backup somewhere right now if he hadn't been injured. Right. But... I don't know. I don't know about these these guys that are doing the recruiting. I, I just don't think they do their homework. Yeah, a lot right. of them. Let me go through these real quick. The Rustburg, Jay Jones, Nate Caldwell, Trey Tucker, Landon Tucker are all going to play at the next level. North Cross. We talked about Zay Baines going to Temple. Aiden Britton, uh, one of our defensive players of the year, is is uh, going to walk on at Coastal Carolina. Isaac Harris, Solomon Crockett, Eanes, uh, Jaden Young, and Amron King are all going to play. Floyd County, they've got the big Mitch Cook, uh, young man, and Tyler Fenton up there. Uh, Christiansburg, Maston Stanley's probably going to end up at Averett, and Jake Clemens um, could could end up at VMI pretty easily. Um, Brian Trent at uh, at Heritage. Uh, Brian Trent has an offer to VMI. Not sure if he'll go there or not. Kyron Thomas, Spencer Goolsby, and uh, KJ Vaughn are all looking to play at the next level. Christian Fisher. Has a lot of offers. He could go to UVA Wise, uh, University of Charleston, Concord, Bluefield U, University of Cumberland. Uh, may walk on at Virginia Tech. You don't know with that young man. He's certainly a talent. Had his shoulder surgery, and that went well. Ethan Blank, uh, UVA Wise, Concord, U, uh, University of Cumberland, have all our possibilities there. Jacob Elliott, uh, Emory and Henry in Bluefield. Uh, Eastmont, Dylan Owen uh, is uh, going to Emory and Henry. Uh, Pulaski County, Gage uh, Manon uh, is going to play D2, uh, coach says somewhere, and Ethan Gallimore is going to probably play D3 for 
uh, coming from that school. William Fleming, we talked about this young man, Daquan Nichols, an Ivy League guy, probably has the highest grade point average in the whole valley. Uh, he's probably going to play football at one of the Ivy League schools. Nashad Payne, Saquon Bannister, uh, and Nick Andrews over there from Fleming are all going to play at the next level. Alta Vista has Nathan Wick, uh, Weeks that's going to Averett. Uh, Glenberg, Colby Street's going to play Division II somewhere, Coach uh, Clifford says. Brady Loader uh, probably is going to end up at Bridgewater. Patrick Henry here uh, in town. Jalen Cook is going to play at the next level. We talked about Hidden Valley's uh, Kelly Mitchell, who signed with JMU. Uh, Grayson Carroll and Silas Fitzgerald are, are talking to teams. A lot of these things happen, you know, later on. They don't happen on the big signing day. Liberty Bedford's got Carlos Lorenzo and Logan Orange that are going to play at the next level. William Campbell's got three. Jordan Young, J Jonathan Wood, and Jonathan Hicks. E.C. Glass, Holden Fretz, I think, is going to play at Frostburg, I heard. Drayshawn Kendrick's going to play somewhere. He's shopping around. We heard that he was yeah, uh, down at, at Richmond. Uh, so, he's, I mean, he's going to play somewhere. Coach Holter told me Isaiah Persinger is looking at uh, Glenville State or a D2 or maybe going to a JUCO, uh, you know, getting, getting bulked up and, and trying for uh, Division One. Bobby Pinella is going to play Division Three. Randolph-Macon or uh, Emory and Henry, Bridgewater, one of those schools. Chase Ferris is going to play somewhere, and the big guy Cosnati is going to. Those two are going to play Division Two or Division Three. So we've got a lot of kids that don't get much love that are going to play at the next level. They're just not going to play Division One necessarily. Right, and I'm going to tell you, with the Vaughn kid, you want to talk about a kid that somebody could just easily get, and he'll make a difference in your program. I really think he's a kid that's being underlooked right now. Yeah, who's that? The KJ Vaughn out of where is he out of Heritage? Heritage. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he is a playmaker. He's not a kid. When you look at him in plain clothes, you're like, where is he? But, yeah. man, he puts the pads on, and he will run you down and you run you it. over. Yep. So, all right, we're running really late. So, let's, uh, Coach, can we just jump into Coach Frank Beamer? I mean, sure. I'd love to, to hear Coach Beamer's uh, uh, segment here. So, let's listen to Coach. What do you think the most, and, again, we're talking really about high school. What's, what's the most important ingredient to a great team, do you think? Oh, I think uh, chemistry, uh, caring about each other. Uh, I go back, we uh, we had a team and had a couple of first-round draft choices, and friction kind of broke, I started breaking out, and I'm sure it started breaking out in the dressing room. And I had a good team, and we won, like, our first six games, and then we lost our last five, something like that. And, and it was kind of all chemistry. And, you know, the two good players, the, you know, fights were breaking out, practice. And, and uh, then the next year we had a team that wasn't nearly as good from a talent standpoint. But the chemistry, uh, we had a quarterback that really got us all going in the same direction. And, and we were really tied as a football team. And we ended up winning and going and playing in the Sugar Bowl. Wow. So, uh, I said, wait a minute, here was, here was a team with a lot of talent, but we were, you know, we just didn't, you know, the chemistry among the players weren't, was not good. And then we took a team with less talent, but the chemistry was great, and we, you know, achieved so much more. So that was a big lesson for me right there. How, can you coach that? I mean, you may, and can you recruit that? How, how do you well, get chemistry? Yeah, I, I think uh, how you handle things, and uh, you know, we break we break the, the huddle every day. And I learned to call them people that I wanted 
that I knew was going to say the right thing. You know, how teams break up and the player, one player is speaking to the team for a minute or a couple of minutes and saying something. Well, it got to be where I would uh, name the player that I wanted to finish this up for the day. And it was a guy that I knew was going to say the right thing from a chemistry standpoint. Right. And the son, and a player that the kids would listen to. Right. You know, sometimes the guy's talking and nobody's, no one's listening. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think you can, can uh, control chemistry a couple of different ways in your, within your football team, for sure. I, I think uh, athletics are great. Great lessons about uh, life and how you live it, how you treat people, and what makes you successful. And in return, that goes right into your whatever line of work you're in, whether it's business or teaching in school or whatever. So, yeah, I think it all ties right together. Be honest with you. Well, let me ask you about motivation. How, how did you motivate, and 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 what motivated you, especially like when you were younger in high school? What motivated you? What moved you to to do what you needed to do? I think you know that all starts with uh, what do you think? You know, what are you? What do you want to be? Who do you want to? Be? How do you want uh, your classmates to think about you? Not particularly what your parents think or what they want you to be. You know, I think you, it's got to be from within, and and I think this is what you want to be, and that's what you're going to work. To be. That's what. That's the whole deal. Is how hard are you going to work to be successful? And so it, it's got to come from. This is what I want to do, and this is who I want to be. And uh, you know, that's where it's got to start. Did you have a role model when you were young? Did you have somebody you looked up to, maybe that was uh, at the next level, or maybe even in the pros? Was there somebody you said, "That's the guy I want to be like"? You know, my brother Barnett. We played ball out the backyard, and he beat me up. And, <laughs> and uh, so I, I learned it early. You're going to, uh, if you're going to beat him, you're going to have to, uh, uh, he's not going to give it to you. you got to earn it. Right. But uh, I don't know that I had a particular, I mean, I was fortunate to be around uh, be around great coaches. Jerry Claiborne, my coach here at Virginia Tech, and then started out with the GA, and Bobby Ross, and Art Baker, and Mike Godfrey at Murray State. Uh, you know, I was just always around really good coaches, and so... Uh, I think I was fortunate in that regard. Did, did you have a, a specific process as a high school coach or as, as a young uh, as a young college coach? or Did you have a process maybe as a, as a player? Was, did you have something in your mind that you, a uh, routine that you believed in, that you did day in and day out? Or, or is it that simple? Maybe it's not that simple. I think effort is the name of the game. I mean, I, I think uh, regardless. So what I decided, uh, I, you know, I, when I came to Tech, I had doubts after I got here whether I was good enough to play at this level. But what I decided I was going to do in spring practice in my freshman year, because freshman wasn't eligible to play when I came here, right. so we had a freshman. But I said, I'm going to give great effort every play. And so every play, I ended up, when the video turned off, and it was filmed back then, when the film turned off, so I was at wherever the tackle was being made. And I might, I might be 15 yards away, and I could see well, that guy's going to make the tackle, but I keep running. So I wanted to be, I wanted great effort. In other words, I'm going to continue on to the whistle blows and maybe a little bit beyond that, but every play you're going to see me on video ending up at football. And that was kind of, you know, my way in life is to great effort and, and uh, give it as much as you got and uh, usually good things are going to happen. 
Hey, Roanoke, tis the season to get a great deal on a newer used Toyota. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Toyota Fine. Toyota's biggest sale event of the year is in full swing, and the deals couldn't be better. Every new and used vehicle will be on sale for this event, including their great selection of local trades and Toyota certified used vehicles. Toyota Fine only comes once a year, and it won't last long. Now is the time, and Haley is the place. From our family to yours, we'd like to wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And remember, Haley has it for less. All right, welcome back to Crunch Time, everybody. Let's go right to the uh, Jimmy thing. Jimmy, what you got for us? Hey, Carl. So, last Jimmy thing. So, my title today is Time Flies When You're Having Fun. So, 2019 Crunch football season is in the books. And what a fun season it was. Got to know the players better, coaches better, and I enjoyed photographing all the students and the athletes. Uh, big thanks to our sponsors and the Crunch Army. So we hear us talk about that, so I want to give a shout-out to those guys. Uh, Mike Dermont, who was video, stats, and he was a writer for most of the Roanoke Crunch and long-lived Pat Benatar. Uh, <laughs> Tommy Whitaker, he was head of security and inside the helmet photography. We have Dave Anderson, who was on video and photography. T.J. Witten on photography. Dave Bissett on stats. Chase York on video, and Graham Whitaker on photography. And last but not least, none of this happens without Carl York. Uh, he does it all. Uh, I pray he can finally catch up on his sleep and get ready for next year, <laughs> which will be the 25th year of Crunch. So let that sink in a minute, the 25th year. So, wow, can't wait to see what the Lord has in store for our 25th. And it's hard to believe our second season of Crunch Time Radio is ending. Uh, today, we want to give a special thanks out to our sponsors and all our listeners, in which, you know, there was a lot of listeners. And it's funny, as we went along, as people would say, hey, I think I've heard your voice on the radio. So that's a little scary. But people are listening, and we're so thankful for that. So a special thanks to our Crunch Time crew. Uh, nothing, as Carl says, happens without Coach Randy Lefwich. Uh, so he is the wizard of the board, so we're thankful for that. A shout-out to Jermaine Event, uh, Dave Ross, and now I can include uh, Hall of Famer Doug Dowdy, and, of course, Captain Crunch Carl York. Special thanks to mine and Carl's wife, Edie York, a.k.a. Green Eyes, and Lisa Whitaker, a.k.a. Shaka, for allowing Carl and I to hang out so much together. So, you see, time goes by when you're having fun. It's crunch time, baby! Yeah, I know, not as good as Carl and Jermaine. But that's my Jimmy thing. How about that? Very, Very nice. nice. Very nice. We appreciate that. And we do appreciate that Crunch Army, that volunteer army, really. We couldn't do it without those guys. They are fantastic. Uh, all right. I want to go real quick here. Uh, Crunch Players and Coaches of the Year for us. Uh, in Roanoke, on offense, we had co-offensive players of the year. Hunter Rice for Botetot and Isaiah Persinger for uh, Salem. Two great running backs that really helped uh, their teams move along. On defense, Aiden Britton. Uh, for North Cross, the big linebacker who is uh, walking on down there at Coastal Carolina, and uh, Zavion Wood, uh, a junior at, at Salem. Coaches, Stephen Alexander won a state championship at North Cross, and Jamie Harless that took them all the way to the final game at Botetot. Lynchburg offense was Drayshawn Kendrick, uh, quarterback at EC Glass, and running back K.J. Vaughn at Heritage. Those two guys made it happen. On defense, Holden Fretz for EC Glass, who's, uh, I think Holden's going to end up at Frostburg. And, uh, and Christian Rivera at uh, Heritage, again, on defense, those guys really put the hammer down. Coaches Jeff 
Woody at EC Glass and Brad Bradley at Heritage. So it was an all EC Glass Heritage All-Stars uh, selection up there in Lynchburg. New River Valley, offense, it was Maston Stanley at Christiansburg had a great year. Defense, Ben Cox, we talked about at Radford. He really controlled the line of scrimmage. And Coach Kelly Lowe for the Naris Green Wave. So certainly uh, thanks and congratulations to all those guys. Our scholarships, I want to highlight those guys again. We drew them last week. That was a lot of fun. Roanoke Valley marching band member Lena Scare for um, Cave Spring won our marching band scholarship. Roanoke, it was Lucas Duncan at Cave Spring. Lynchburg, it was Logan Orange at Liberty Bedford. And New River Valley, it was Ashley Burdett at Radford. Congratulations to those folks. All right, quickly, our great, eight, our great debate poll. Uh, nobody agrees with me on this. Number eight was Narrows. Number seven, Northside. Number six, state champion, North Cross. Number five, Pulaski County. Number four, EC Glass. Number three, Salem. Number two, Heritage. And number one, this year, great eight poll, was Lord Botetot. And everybody... No, no. No, no. <laughs> what do you got, Coach? Only one brought home the hardware. Only one brought home the hardware. And that was North Cross. So right North across the street. Yeah, so North Cross is the number one team in my grade eight right now. So Coach has his own yeah. grade eight. Then we go Lord bottom tie. <laughs> then we. But no, you bring the hardware home. You're the best in what you do. Number one. In Duly team. noted. Yeah. Duly noted. I'm getting daggers from Coach over there. Right. So, certainly. All right, so... Um, Great show today. We really appreciate uh, the Hall of Famer, Doug Dowdy. Doug, you got any closing comments for us about uh, recruiting? I, I think you make a great comment about uh, certainly uh, uh, we want these guys recruiting local. Well, uh, here's what I'll say if there are any coaches listening. Uh, I'm still working on the uh, Christmas Day list of the top prospects in the state. I've got the top 25 done, but uh, a lot of spots on the rest of the top 100 and uh, juniors list. So, uh uh, I've gotten a lot of cooperation from some coaches, and others <laughs> have been a little more difficult to find. Uh, I got in touch with Alan Fiddler last night, the Patrick Henry coach, and he was coaching his kids' basketball team. So How about that? Did you know that he coaches his kids' no, basketball? No, no. So, uh, no, he says, uh, you know, I don't have much time here. And then we talked a little bit about Jalen Cook. I guess Jalen Cook rushed for 1,400 yards this year. Fantastic running uh, back, yeah. And I, I saw him on Twitter. He was kind of... He was uh, advertising himself on Twitter. I thought it had his stats in there and everything. How about and that? Uh, you know, look up look up uh, Jalen Cook on uh, on Twitter because uh, you know that's. I thought it was pretty good. And if you're a player out there, if you're listening to it, take from what uh, Jalen did because uh, you know may, a lot of times if you know some of these coaches and I'm not talking about anybody in particular, they don't get the word out. If you're a player out there. Look up Jalen Cook and do what he did because, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, that may end up helping him. Awesome. Great, great comments. All right. Great show today. Great year. Thanks to everybody. All you fine listeners uh, couldn't do it without you. And thanks to our team today. For Coach Randy, Randy and Hall of Famer Doug Dowdy, he's Jimmy Whitaker. I'm Carl York, and you've been listening to Crunch Time on WPLY. And remember, it's all for him.
Custard Stand Hot Dog Chili uses 100% ground beef and a century-old family recipe with a secret blend of spices and quality ingredients. But it's not just for hot dogs. You can beef up almost any dish. Add it to fries, nachos, baked potatoes, and so much more. Custard Stand Chili is available at Kroger, Walmart, Sam's Clubs, or smaller grocery chains throughout. You also can order it online at CustardStand.com. Get yours today. One chili, endless possibilities. Looking to buy something for that hard-to-please sports fan in your family? Well, come to Sports Haven. You'll find something from all 32 NFL teams, and regardless if you're a Hokie, Wahoo, or Mountaineer, we have something for you. So if you're looking to update your ladies' den or man cave, then come see Robin and Shane at Sports Haven. Come by and visit one of our two locations in Roanoke at the corner of Plantation and Williamson Road and at 4 East Main Street in Salem. Sports Haven, where almost no team is left behind. WPLY, Roanoke, WPLI, Lynchburg, and online at 